Hello and welcome to this week's podcast of West Matters. Today I'm going to introduce you to Mark Jekic. He's a Bringbank resident and is looking to run as a candidate for this year's council elections. So I've invited Mark to come on to the podcast and um, uh, tell the listeners a bit about himself, um, you know, why he wants to join council and and maybe what are some of his policies as, as we sort of head to council elections this year. So, Mark, thanks for joining the West Matters podcast. Thank you for having me, Diane. No worries. Um, so, Mark, do you want to start by telling the listeners a bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Mark Shekik, and I've been a resident of Brimbank, specifically living in Deer Park, since 1993. So I've lived in the western suburbs for 31 years, and I also lived in Sunshine when I was um, even younger because I moved um, to Deer Park when I was four years of age. Most of my life, I've lived in the western suburbs of, of Melbourne, and I also lived in Melton for a little while. I, I've seen the development, the good, the good and the bad, within Brimbank over the past 31 years since I've lived in Deer Park, and I think it's time for a change. Um, I've, I have a bachelor's degree in criminology and I have a passion for fighting crime. I have seen violent crime in the western suburbs. It is very scary. And when you're faced with something like that and you witness it firsthand, it really gives you a different perspective and, and realisation on what's going on. And I'm fed up with the government and councils neglecting crime, especially violent crime, turning a blind eye, and and especially the victims. The poor victims are, are treated as if they, they don't even matter, and that is how some victims feel, whereas the perpetrators are getting off scot-free or getting a slap on the wrist, even in some cases... The victims are muzzled, silenced, a breach of their freedom of speech in the name of political correctness. I am sick to death of it. And I believe many residents in Brimbank are sick of this. My number one key policy will be to work towards a safer community, um, whether that be better street lighting, more community policing, working with the police to have more community policing programs, hotspot policing. Um, I will do everything I can if I get onto council to work towards a safer community. And I, I'm not going to promise the world in this aspect because I know that as a councillor can only do so much, that this, that this is also a state issue that if the state government doesn't want to play ball, there's only so much I can do. But I pledge to you that I will do everything in my power as a councillor, if elected, to work towards a safer community in Brimbank. That is my number one key policy, fighting crime, particularly violent crime. Nobody should feel, feel unsafe in their community Nobody should feel unsafe in their hometown, in their home suburb. Nobody should 
feel unsafe to walk down the street at night in fear out of being bashed, robbed, or even having their car hijacked or homes invaded. Because these are very real issues which are going on. Mm. At Carnley only a few weeks ago, we we understand that a tragic incident and a stabbing happened. This is absolutely unacceptable. Where is the political representation for that poor victim? Yeah. yeah. That is my number one uh, A policy will be to fight crime. And and Mark, have you have you spoken to anyone um, previously or reached out? You know, just even email communication or, or tried to speak to someone. You know, within um, you know council or state government level um, to to raise, I guess, awareness to the issues that we're having in Bringbank. I have. Uh, I've sent I've sent an email to the local um uh, to the local MP in St Albans about the issue. Um, regarding what happened at Carnley a few yep. weeks ago, yep. never got a response. Mm. It's frustrating, isn't it? <laughs> Very frustrating, uh, especially to such a serious issue, uh, which is impacting lives. Yeah, yeah, and there's uh, even over the weekend, um, uh, you know some of the issues with um, youth crime, um, and it's and as you say, it's it's violent crime. So um, I only heard on the radio this morning someone who was uh, viciously attacked in her home in 2017, and she's just come out of hospital um, because she's getting uh, constant um, operations on her face from that attack in 2017, and um, you know in terms of of state government. Um, they've just been absolutely silent. So she still feels that she's, um, you know, not heard and and is, actually, you know, just petrified of, of living in the area. And it is, unfortunately, in the western suburbs. It's shocking. It's disgusting. Yeah. yeah. And, it's, and it's very sad. It makes me sad to see the way the victims are being sidelined, the way the victims being treated as if they don't matter. In yeah. fact, the perpetrators, by what I see, the perpetrators are given more rights than the victims. Often they're treated as if, oh, they've had a hard life, they've got mental health issues, you don't know what's going on in their life, they need all the help they can get. What about all the help the victims can get? What about the mental health and afflictions upon the victims? Anxiety, PTSD, yeah, and not only does it affect the victim, but their families as well, those surrounding them that have to deal with it every day. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. It doesn't just affect the the one person or the one family. You know, word spreads. So when you know that someone close to you or a neighbour's gone through that, um, you know, it's it's it affects the whole community. Um, and and yeah listening over the weekend, you know, these people who are um, violent criminals and, and they're out usually on bail, Mark. I mean, just in your industry, do you know, do you know like about how these, how these, um, I guess, perpetrators are, are getting away with stuff over and over again because they're constantly let out on bail and just reoffending. Oh, it, 
it's it's disgusting. As but and unfortunately, the reality is none of that is going to change until we get a new government at a state level, mm. uh, because at the moment, I, I don't want to make this too political. As I, I am a member of the Liberal Party, um, uh, but the fact is, Labor goes soft on crime. They have for a very long time. If the Liberal Party gets into state government, only then can some changes be made to the actual justice system to put these people away for longer, to give them some real hard time. If you're old enough to commit a man's crime, you're old enough to serve a man's time. It is as simple as that. They may have mental health issues. They may have associated with the wrong people. But we're talking about violent crime, violent, serious assault, home invasions, even carjackings, rapes, disgusting crimes, which can risk another person's life, but not only uh, risk their life, but take away the quality of their life, impede their mental health, impede their ability to function on a day-to-day basis. I've seen it myself. And it is disgusting. Yeah. But at a council level, I, there's only so much I can do at a council level. But yeah. my pledge is that I will do whatever I can, whether it be work towards more community policing and more better distribution of our policing to work with our communities, to make our police more known so that people feel they can speak up and not be afraid. I will work towards better lighting in hot spot areas or areas where there is insufficient lighting or that a violent crime may have taken place because nobody should feel the should have to feel unsafe. Mm. And what about the recent closures of the police um police officers in uh, in the the Keel or Downs police station um uh do, do you feel like that that's something that could be uh maybe raised at council level or, or you know about reopening it um and making it 24 hours again i, I would definitely raise that at a council level mm. i honestly don't know enough as to the protocol as as to whether we could actually do anything about it but, but you've got an ironclad guarantee from me that I would raise a motion at the council level. And, and this may involve um, putting pressure on the state government to do something about this because this is more about power. the power sits with the state government. But mm-hmm. I would do everything I could to put the pressure on the state government to force their hand, to show them that it's not only the council, but the people that are speaking. This is a democracy we live in. And under a democracy, the voice of the majority speaks. And if the majority want the police stations open, they should be open. And it's sad that sometimes we feel like we don't live in a democracy anymore, but we do. The fact is, that we do live under a democracy. And 
And under our democracy, the government has taken an oath. Our MPs have an obligation to listen to the voice of the people. If the people are afraid of crime, if the people want more police, or the people want the police stations to stay open, the government is obliged to listen and act, which they are not. Yeah, that's right. They're not. And and worse still, they're being silent. Um, I think it's, it's a recurring theme that you've just raised when you've um, said that you've communicated to um, the, the local MP for St Albans, and I think uh, Graham mentioned this previously, who had done the same thing, and not get a reply, um, which is the very least that a politician who is being paid by the people um, should be getting um, a response, whether it's in a positive or or a negative um, in terms of the reply. Um, I, I would say that at a minimum there should be a reply. Um, so staying silent or not replying um, or ignoring um, isn't um, isn't ideal um, and is, is not really a good show, I guess. It is upsetting, it is frustrating, and it is sad. Uh, yeah. I have had other politicians in the past fail to reply to emails and questions I've had, so, um, so sadly I must say, I was not surprised that I didn't get a reply. But but what really upset me about this is that it is regarding such a serious issue, an mm. issue that is directly affecting the safety of people and potentially a- affecting the lives of people and the yep. livelihood of people. If for an issue as serious as this, I, we should be able to expect a reply not to sit back and think, oh, well, another politician who's not replying to me, I expect that. No, we should be expecting a reply. Otherwise, our politicians are not doing their jobs. Yeah, they're not accountable and they're normalising the silence, um, which is good enough. Yeah. Yeah, you raise raise a good point there, Mark. Um, so I guess, um, so yeah, youth and and crime in general, um, that's that's definitely at the top of your list. Um, Absolutely. What, what what other things? Um, you know, uh, let's talk away from the the crime at the moment. Maybe what what are some of the other things that you'd like to make an impact on? Um, should you be voted into council? Thank you for asking me this question, Diane, uh, because um, I would like to get into that. My because po- uh, um, policy development is going to come along the way from the more specific, less generalised policies. However, I'm working off a trifecta, a trifecta of three main policies which I want to implement. Number one, as we talked about community safety and crime. Number two, very important, is democracy. Yep. The sense of democracy has been lost. The majority the um, of the community should have the say for, for, for what projects are delivered in, in our community. It shouldn't be just councils 
uh, just creating policies off the top of their head, which they think are good, just fluffy policies, which they think are going to make themselves look good and progress their career, especially when it's buying into social issues, which may be better embraced by the inner city suburbs, councils should be listening to their constituents. I I will, you have an ironclad guarantee from me that I will be not only a voice, but ears for the community if I'm elected. To listen to what the people really want and what the people really need. Do they need better roads? Do they need um, more leisure activities? Um, I will listen to what the people need. And obviously funding is an issue. I'm not promising um, to deliver upon every single project that's after me because that could also involve irresponsible spending, which we have seen time and time again, particularly under Labor councillors and Labor politicians, that is something I will not do. But I will listen to the to the people and what projects they really need. And that may involve me putting pressure on the council to cut back on projects that that they are currently um, pushing and spending upon, which the people may have no interest in. Mm. This This is about more appropriate spending of funds, like putting the funding into what's really important, what the yeah. people really need and what the people really want. So number one, community crime and community safety. Number two, democracy, real democracy. I'll be a voice and ears for the people. And number three, Last but not least, rates. Very important. The rates have gotten out of control, as have taxes. Rates are something in control of the councils. We should we should be putting a freeze on any rate rises. And you have you have my word that at every instance I will vote on rate freezes. And I will vote against any rate rises. And and if possible, I will push mo motions to decrease the rates. And the reason I say this, I'm a working class man myself. I've worked in the employment services for the past 12 and a half years. And, and I understand how it is to struggle. You work very hard to make a living. You work very hard to eat. You work very hard for groceries. You work very hard to put petrol in your car. The cost of living just keeps going up, up, up. And I understand how hard the cost of living is. I cringe <laughs> at, the, at the current cost of living and the level of taxes and rates we have. And as somebody who feels the impact of the current cost of living I give you my word that I will never vote for an increase in rates, that in fact I will vote for a freeze on rates and if I can, I will put for a decrease on rates. 
there needs to be a serious review into where the where our rates are going. Because yeah. half the time it feels as if the rates are going into projects which aren't even benefiting the community. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, the, I guess it's 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 part. You know, your second point on the you know d- democracy and transparency. You know, if if and once you're in council, I guess you have better access to that. You know, people who are putting themselves up as a candidate to join council, I guess, aren't expected to know the, um, you know, the inner sanctum of of how council runs. But once, I guess, you are elected, um, you, you'll have better access to that data and information that will tell you um, how much, um, you know, income is received from rates and, and where that money has been allocated. So, you know, the democracy and transparency, I guess, will be important because, you know, if you know that we're getting a certain amount and understand, you know, everyone's cost of living has gone up. And I guess for a lot of, you know, the, the rates of, well, the income of, you know, the, the council staff that, that go and work on the roads and, and do the lawn mowing and, um, you know, collecting rubbish bins and, and doing all those tasks, you know, their income is impacted too. So how much do these things cost? I guess, you know, if you were to get into council markets, it would be really good to get an insight on how much Ring Bank Council receives from us ratepayers every year and, and then the breakdown and allocation of where that money is distributed to. And, and you oh. know, like it, it could be, well, you know, they, they are spending it on roads, roads, rates and rubbish, but, you know, those costs go up and, and um, or, or it could be, well, we're spending it on these projects and, and maybe... Um, it needs to be reallocated back to, you know, the three R's <laughs> and, and, you know, it would be good to have someone there that can, um, I guess, um, you know, have an extra set of eyes over those numbers and, and make sure it's going to the right, um, right causes as part of council. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, that that's, you know, a really good summary of um, the items that I guess are going to be important to you come come this year's um, council elections, Mark. And um, it, it's it's been really good to meet you. Um, you've got a page on Facebook called Mark Jekik for Bringbank City Council Taylor's Ward. Um, so I will publish that on the details of um, today's podcast so other people can follow you on um, Facebook. And um, I, I suppose if you um, have any statements or things that you wish to share throughout the year, um, they can follow you on that page. Yes. <clears throat> Good stuff. All right. Well, thanks, Mark. Um, lovely to have you on West Matters. And, um, uh, you know, feel free to come on any time throughout the year and, um, you know, happy to chat more about council and the upcoming elections this October. Thanks for your time. I'm looking forward to um, talking more and being on more. Thank you. And, And thank you so much for your time. Well, that's all we have time for this week. Thanks for listening to West Matters. 
We would love to have your ongoing support, so please make sure you follow or subscribe to the West Matters podcast to ensure you keep up to date on the latest episodes. You can also follow the Western Independent Alliance on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, bye for now.